Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. L-G-B. 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 They say... Let's go, Brandon. No. LGB. Sounds like let's go, Brandon. I guess. LGB. All right. Let's go, Brandon. I am Cornelio. Chant. LGB. Right wing and left wing. LGB. Go, oh, you know the thing. LGB. If you don't sing, that black. LGB. And you play black. LGB. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. L-G-B. Let's go, Brandon. L-G-B. Let's go, Brandon. F-J-B. Let's go, Brandon. I'm Joe Biden, and I forgot this message. (laughs) (laughs) We have the video. Final shot. We have the video at armstrongandgetty.com. Really, it's pretty funny, too. It's really good. It's really well done. It does deserve some sort of special Oscar. How the much way time this, does that take? I don't know. Years. I mean, the editing of the audio and the editing of the video. It's just incredible. Like, if you need to find Barack Obama saying Brandon as just a regular person, how do you go about doing that? There's software, I guess, but I don't have it. <laughs> anyway, that thing is pretty funny. LGB. <laughs> Come on. And, we should talk more this hour, as we already have, about the Southwest pilot who said, let's go, Brandon, to try to be funny, and uh, I assume, and um, some people are outraged by it. Some people have compared him to a member of ISIS, and they act like they're so afraid he's going to plow the plane into the ground, they can't fly Southwest anymore. You people are hilarious. I was watching, um, so I've been in bed for days because of the whole COVID thing. Well, the I fact cert- that you have it. <laughs> I certainly got a lot sicker than I thought I would get being vaccinated. Very disappointing. Yeah, Very you're definitely one of those one in however many, hun- dozens or hundreds, who gets hammered. Which makes me wonder, if I hadn't gotten vaccinated, would I have been a one of those one in many millions people my age that die from the damn thing? I don't have any idea. And I don't think anybody else does either. Um, uh, but anyway, um, uh, one of the many things I did over the weekend, reading and uh, sleeping and uh, checking my oxygen and uh, all that sort of stuff, and, and shaking and sweating and breathing hard, um, was uh, watching YouTube videos. And I was taking in a bunch of uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is just a fantastic show. Um but he said something that really struck me, and it's so true. He said, comedians, and um, I don't consider myself a comedian, but I know I do this. He said, if we think something will be funny, we'll say it. 
We don't give any thought whatsoever to a deeper meaning than that. It's just that. If I say this right now, will someone laugh? Right. And that's it. And then oftentimes, as he was saying, people are, you know, expected to explain themselves or the deeper meaning. No, I had no meaning whatsoever. Uh, all, I, all I thought was if I said this at this moment, people would laugh. Would you have willingly said the opposite if it would make people laugh more? Yes. 100%. Yes, yes, absolutely, without a thought. Right, right. And he used the example of uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus saying to him when he got married, you always said you'd never get married. I said that because people thought it was funny. doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, that that is the case, and, and I was relating it to the pilot on the plane it might have just been that if he's the sort of guy that's a funny guy. He thought if he said, let's go, Brandon, a bunch of people would laugh. There was no more thought to it than that. Probably. No deeper meaning. You know, if it was a little political, well, we're talking about the guy. If it was a little political, eh, it's between him and his employer. I think probably they'll say, look, let's avoid that sort of thing. All right. But everybody needs to take it easy. Everybody, the professional panty waters, acting like the guy, they actually compared it to a guy swearing allegiance to ISIS on the intercom. I mean, you are either a crazy person or a a drama queen of, of incredible proportions. What a stupid thing to say. You should be ashamed. So speaking of comedians and uh, political correctness, we wanted to play a little of Bill Maher from his show on uh, Friday night on HBO. Which of these should we get on? I mean, because they're all pretty Do long. Do them all. Do them all. Um, get to like like the Atlanta Braves. We need somebody to eat some innings. I heard all this on Friday night. I just thought the whole thing was good. But, you know, we can't. I, I, legally, I just I don't think we can just like come on the air and play an entire hour of Bill Maher's show. Well, we're not going to play an entire hour. It's a few clips. Well, I was just wondering if maybe we could in the future. Is there anything stopping us? <laughs> like we just take shows we like that are popular and play the whole hour. <laughs> Some days I'm feeling a little lazy. Okay, this is uh, Bill Maher. We'll just start here with him talking about hate speech and whatnot. Clip two there, Michael. Apparently nobody knows what words mean anymore. George Carlin famously had the seven words you can't say on TV. Well, here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacy. Comedian uh, Hannah Gadsby characterized Dave Chappelle's controversial Netflix special as hate speech dog whistling. Well, dog whistle refers to when someone puts things in code because they're afraid to come out and say what they really think. That's what you get from Dave Chappelle. He's afraid to say what he really thinks. And it's not hate speech just because you disagree with it, nor is it phobic. Phobic comes from the Greek word for something one fears irrationally, like spiders or germs but now is used as a suffix for anything you just don't like. I've been called commitment-phobic. No, I, I don't fear commitment, I just don't want it. Other people do, great. I don't call them single-phobic. I don't like bowling, I'm not bowling-phobic. And if I talk about how wrong I think it is to force women to wear a beekeeper suit all day, that's not being Islamophobic, I just don't like it. And I bet they don't either. I went as a ghost for Halloween once. I lasted about 20 minutes. Boy, that's great, especially that second half, man. We got Let's keep that one in the archives and, and air it frequently. Yeah. Um, 
And like I said earlier, I think if he was a new guy on the scene, I don't think he'd get a show on HBO because he really runs counter to a lot of that sort of stuff. I mean, um, well, he's an older liberal. Uh, There's more. How about, uh, well, just roll on there, Michael. Next one. Have you ever heard a parent call their child their hero? My kid is my hero. Why? He's six. Did he pull someone out of a burning building? My hero. Look at the way he shares his Ritalin. You do realize how stupid it sounds to imply you want to grow up to be your kid? During the pandemic, everyone was a hero. Now, for sure, frontline medical workers really were and are. But then it spread to civil servants and then anyone who just went to work. Postal employees, Amazon stockers. One day I found myself saying to the guy collecting carts at Ralph's, thank you for your service. (laughs) Wow, that's good. And we'll finish strong and discuss. And then there's shaming. That definition has been rewritten to mean anything that suggests I'm not 100% perfect. We're so through the looking glass on this that Weight Watchers changed their name to WW. The weight loss people can't mention weight loss. Adele was shamed for losing weight, like she was a traitor to what, unhealthiness? When I have reported the statistic that 78% of the people who died or were hospitalized with COVID were overweight. That's not fat shaming. That's fat splaining. (laughs) It's what... It's what the CDC should be doing. And this is the essence of why word inflation is a problem. You can try to change reality by changing the words, but you can't. It just stops you from dealing with it. And I I would agree. And I liked on his list of uh, seven words you can't see on television, his new eight words that he took was one of them was white supremacist because he, he, he talked about how that has just been, you know, now everything is white supremacy and how ridiculous that is. Whoa, liberal, old white, white man liberal. Um, you aren't supposed to be saying that. Um, but, yeah, it's all nutso. Well, Absolutely and, nutso. Uh, not to hammer the point to death, but I, I think it needs to be repeated at least often enough that people catch on to it. The comparing something fairly innocent, benign, to Jim Crow diminishes the horrors of the Jim Crow era. For Colin Kaepernick to compare being an NFL player to slavery diminishes the horrors of slavery. You have to stop doing that. You don't. You don't get away with that. So we should revisit Matt Taibbi's take on the whole uh, Southwest pilot saying, let's go, Brandon, and people having their panties in uh, all wadded up inside them. Oh, just very going nuts. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. I've been wanting to get to this. Where are we on inflation? This is worth hearing, just so you can plan accordingly. This is according to the people who are trying to calm us down. Plus, Jack and I are going to argue bitterly over whether the Virginia governor's race is a bellwether for the nation. Oh, oh good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Blindsided him with that one. You, you should have seen draw, the look on his you face. You can't draw me into that. Um, <laughs> all on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Brand new month, brand new week. Serious holiday season now. It's November. Time to get serious about holidays. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's going to be a weird one what, with supply chain issues and inflation and COVID still hanging around and everything else. U.S. consumers amassed record savings over the course of the pandemic. A couple of reasons for that. Hard to spend money when you can't leave your home. Uh, hard to buy stuff if it's not on the shelf. Mm. People scared to death about the financial situation. Might have saved some money. Plus, you might have gotten a bunch of checks you weren't uh, planning on getting, and so you put those in the bank. Oh, yeah, the stimmy, stimmy checks. Yeah. But manufacturers and businesses, even with that record savings out there, are having a trouble dealing with the um, worker shortages and supply chain hiccups, are struggling to keep pace, resulting in both shortages and higher prices. Quoting from Brian uh, Reitel, who is with the Manhattan Institute, we simply have too much demand chasing too little supply. It's that simple. Washington has pumped in so much stimulus through both fiscal policy and the Federal Reserve that it's outstripping what our economy can produce, particularly because we have supply chain issues right now. So you just got too much money out there and not enough stuff, so the prices go up. Pretty simple. Interesting. The stuff thing is logistical because of COVID and COVID policies. The, 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 the demand side is government stimulus. Then you put it's, in the... Uh, let, me, let me just throw in that this is a beautiful example of why central planning never works, because it's always behind, or is answering to the, the wrong overlords. It doesn't answer to the reality on the ground. It answers to what policymakers want the reality to be. And then if you throw in the emotional component of, you know, this seems like an awful high price for this used car or this, this, this or that, but you think it's only going to be more expensive next month, so I better buy it now. And... Um, it's just uh, self-sustaining then. Yeah, so, I wonder if that's happening as much as it has in the past, because this inflation feels different, because some of it, I think, is fairly transitory. And if I can beat a couple more years out of my car, I, I, just speaking for myself, I feel like, yeah, let's wait and see what happens. Well, I certainly haven't come across anything, though, that was at a high price where I thought, nah, I mean, well, if you need it, if you need it, you got to buy it, because... It is going to go down in price anytime soon. Well, that's about what I what I was about to say. Janet Yellen was on with Jake Tapper over the weekend. She's the Secretary of the uh, Treasury. She said on a 12-month basis, the inflation rate will remain high into next year because of what's already happened. Getting to Joe's you're always behind thing. This is stuff that's already happened. I expect improvement by the end of, by the middle to the end of next year. Second Oof. half of next year. So she kept trying to fudge it toward the beginning, but... To be honest, she had to keep putting it in the middle to the end of next year. That's quite a ways off. All right. Uh, I agree we are going through a period of inflation that's higher than Americans have seen in a long time. And it's something that obviously is a concern worrying them, but we haven't lost control. Well, that's a heck of a statement from the uh, Secretary of the Treasury. We haven't lost control. I don't know how comforting it is for you to to, to state that you... (laughs) You haven't completely lost control of the economy and inflation. Well, good. Wow, I have all sorts of questions. What do you mean by in control? Are you supposed to be in control of the economy? Well, they're supposed to be the inflation rate. Okay. Yeah, they, cl- they 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 believe they can fine tune inflation and always try to keep it, you know, down around two percent. That's the sweet spot where they want to keep it. Um, 
we haven't lost control. The f- you saying that made me more worried than if you hadn't said that. Well, you clearly don't have control. It's like if you walked into the living room and said, good news, the house isn't on fire. People are calmer because you right. said that than if you'd have said nothing at all. Wait, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> was it almost on fire? It was on fire? Right. Right. Craziness. Wow. We'll have to see. Uh, to your point that you touched on uh, real quickly, and I was going to go into this in a little more detail later, but uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, the, the sheriff, Alex Villanueva, said in a statement Friday that 30% of the department's employees are no longer available to work because of the COVID mandate. A third. 30%. Wow. That's something. Holy cow. Increase in unscheduled retirements, workers' compensation claims, employees quitting, reduction in qualified applicants, etc. And then I see where, uh, according to the Seattle Times, Excuse me, the Air Force is the first military branch to face rejection of vaccine mandate as thousands avoid shot shots. Up to 12,000 Air Force personnel have rejected the orders to get fully vaccinated against the coronavirus despite the Pentagon mandate. Could be a crisis. They're trying to figure out, oh, my God, what do we do? We told them they had to, and they didn't. What do we do? What do we do? How much of it is fear of what the shot will do to you, and how much of it is you don't like somebody telling you what to do? Those of you that are defying orders. Well, it's government outreach, or overreach, rather, with a needle. Armstrong and Getty. I may have some important breaking news. Let me finish watching this video I'm watching. Okay. Stand by, everybody. I may have some important breaking news. Uh, It looks like maybe very close. (laughs) Did Joe Biden fall asleep during a meeting at the G20? I'm watching the live video right now. His eyes are closed. His eyes are closed. His head's starting to go forward. And then somebody <laughs> sure looks like he fell asleep. Take him a nap. You know, and, 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 no, is that something you beat up a guy for? No. He's overseas. He's at the G20. It's boring. It's in a foreign language. Sure. It's, it's got it's a terrible jet lag. I would Bingo. fall asleep. I fall asleep at meetings that, that don't matter. And these yeah. meetings don't matter either. <laughs> oh, listen to you. Doesn't the help his look, though. And you're, you're at fault. Doesn't help his look, though. And, the, you know, that's a separate topic we don't want to get off on. But the whole, these other giant polluting countries aren't holding up their end of the deal at all. And it's our fault because we're not setting a better example. That entire line of thinking makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. They're doing, they know exactly what they're doing. They're going to do what's best for their economy. China we is burning exa- coal as fast as they can. Well, we just need to set a better example than oh, the world up. would follow. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, so maybe you heard about this. Southwest Airlines pilot is doing a standard. Folks, we've uh, gotten clearance to pull back from the gate. We're going to be about an hour 45 uh, track from Houston. to And uh, everybody buckle up. I think we'll have a smooth flight now. Let's go, Brandon. Wait a second. Did the pilot just say, let's go, Brandon? He did. Some chuckled. Some gasped. Turns out 
Well, we'll let Matt Taibbi tell the story. He wrote a beautiful piece entitled, The Let's Go Brandon Freakout Goes Next Level. (laughs) And one thing he's especially on, he hates the pipeline from the NSA, the uh, the, uh, CIA, and the FBI to liberal media. Now, half of the commentators on liberal media are former intelligence agents, which is so strange, historically speaking. But... He uh, he he says uh, FBI agent special agent turned CNN political analyst Asha Rangappa. Gosh, that resume sounds unsurprising, doesn't it? Tweeted this last night as an experiment. I'd love for a Southwest Air pilot to say "Long live ISIS" before taking off. My guess is that one, the plane would be immediately grounded. Two, the pilot fired, and three, a statement issued by the airline within a matter of hours. Put on your irony helmet. This is going to be a long ride. He writes. Rangapa was referencing a story involving a Southwest Air pilot who became a headline news story by saying, let's go, Brandon, during a flight from Houston to Albuquerque. Incredibly enough, on that flight was an AP reporter named Colleen Long who was writing a piece entitled, quote, how let's go, Brandon, became code for insulting Joe Biden. Well, how did let's go, Brandon, start out? Most of you know this. End of a NASCAR race, little reporter at trying to interview the winner who was Brandon Long, I think his name was. Doesn't matter. Here's what it sounded like. All of our partners. Oh my God. Such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me. Hear the chance from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Told me you were going to kind of hang back those stages and just watch and learn what. All right, all right, all right. So, you know, anyway. I prefer yeah. people chanting "Let's go, Brandon" than to the actual one because I the first time I saw this was like a coffee shop somewhere and somebody got the "F Joe Biden" chant going and everybody's chanting and I thought I don't want this in my restaurants and coffee shops. It's just that's that's too much. Nor my college football games, etc. Uh, but so it's twenty eight year old Brandon Brown who won the race. But anyway, so the phrase has become a war cry for people all over the country, writes Matt Taibbi, being at once a burn on Biden, an anxious airbrushing press, and the corporate conglomerates who are taking preemptive action to try to prevent such outbursts from ever darkening America's door again. As WFBI agent Rangappa has essentially declared, let's go, Brandon, is the equivalent of an ISIS war cry. Supportive hand-wringing from press-slash-net security colleagues, is there any different, was uh, instantaneous. Donald Trump tried to overthrow American democracy, and at least one Southwest Airlines pilot thinks that's just fine, cried HuffPo's SV date. Come fly the extremist skies, chimed in official hashtag resistance mascot Aaron Ruper. Then there was Rangappa's fellow spook to CNN pipeliner, former Homeland Security official Juliet Kayam. If Southwest Airlines doesn't do anything, every passenger on that flight has standing to file a complaint with the FAA, and they should do so. Southwest will then be compelled to investigate or defend them. Have fun with that. No messing around in the air. Bright line rule, please. Taibi writes, is it really possible these people don't get they're being trolled? Part of the joke of Let's Go Brandon, of course, is that you couldn't go five minutes during the last administration without hearing someone in pearls or a bow tie screaming, F Trump. I don't remember Rangappa pumping out Osama bin De Niro tweets after this celebrated Tony Awards appearance. I'm going to say one thing. F*** Trump. It's no longer down with Trump. It's F*** Trump. The crowd goes wild. 
the crowd of the elite, the intelligentsia. Back to Taibbi's piece. The bigger part of the Let's Go Brandon gag is that such outbursts during the Trump years were not only not condemned, they were celebrated. As pundits and reporters for the first time told us directly, profane insults of the president are okay. Then they mention all the uh, reaction to Robert De Niro there at the Tony Awards. His comments go viral with CNN's bemused take. USA Today, the ever-woke USA Today. Robert De Niro drops the F-bomb bashing Trump at the Tony Awards. Tony Award winners were very pleased afterward in the award room. Vox headline, Robert De Niro told the Tony's audience, F Trump, he got a standing ovation. The story did not include any criticism of De Niro, by the way. Uh, When Samantha Bee called Ivanka Trump a a feckless C on TBS, she and the network did apologize, but the commentariat was far from unanimous in believing that she should have. New Yorker column referenced Shakespeare and said she should not have apologized. Etc. So the idea that the biggest stars in America say it all over the place and it should be ple- it should be praised. But some pilot says whimsically, let's go, Brandon. And that's equivalent to being willing to plunge the plane into the ground, into the ground. Multiple people on Twitter actually said anybody who would say that is probably so radicalized they would crash the plane into the ground. Like 9-11. I mean, how, how would you describe somebody who would be that wildly drama queeny? I mean, that's insane. So is there any audio of the pilot saying that? I haven't come across any. So somebody texted, maybe, maybe audio has come out. You'd almost have had to been accidentally recording at the time because nobody records the pilot. Anyway. No. Uh, somebody said, I listened to the tape three times. It sounds like Let's Go Braves to me, which actually um, I could actually believe a pilot saying, because I've heard that sort of things out of Southwest Pilot before. Mm. So maybe he did say Let's Go Braves, and somebody said, he said Let's Go Brandon, and then it just ran from there. Who knows? Yeah, I wonder, because it is so hard to understand them. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And well, I, you easily could believe a uh, a pilot saying that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, seriously. Any pilot who's that radicalized might plunge the plane into the ground, like I says. I mean, that is some sort of supreme level of panty waddedness. I can't even begin to describe it. It's, I mean, it's, it's gotta be the sort of tribal signaling thing people do. If they say something that crazy ass ridiculous and somebody says, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Then they know they're, they're tribesmen. They're in the same, they're on the same side. They're on the right side of history. You people are hilarious. I thank you for providing the amusement. Thank you. Supreme Court has taken up the Texas abortion case today and hearing some arguments. And then they've got the, um, the big challenge of Roe versus Wade case that's coming a little bit later. That starts in December, but the next five weeks or so are going to be the, uh, most consequential discussions of abortion in this country in many, many, many decades. So yeah, and I, I don't have any idea which way it goes. I have strong comments on the Texas law, but mostly about the enforcement mechanism. But Pictures Ooh. emerged over the weekend of uh, pictures of Kim Kardashian holding hands with Saturday Night Live's... Uh, I, Colin... I, 
uh, or Che, Michael Che. The skinny dude with all the tattoos who dates all the hotties. Oh, uh, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, yeah. yeah. I got the COVID brain fog, honest to God, and it's scaring the crap out of me. But, um, yeah, Pete Davidson holding hands with Kim Kardashian. <sighs> She's smarter yeah. than that, right? That it seems like a nice feels like a couple of publicists getting together to me. Possibly. She's, 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 I mean, I don't mean out of his league, like hottie wise or anything like that. Like, no, she's just a different beast altogether. She's a billionaire. She's got a brand. She ain't hooking up with no Pete Davidson. Who knows? Maybe he's uh, like a magician in the sack. No, ain't happening. Maybe Kanye wasn't, uh, you know, satisfying the gal. Kanye, by the way, saw him over the weekend. Do you see his, his, his new haircut? Uh uh. It looks like he just kind of like went to shaving his head in a weird way. It's just all kinds of weird. He looks seriously, seriously like a crazy person. Wow. wow. And he's yeah. he's he's well, admittedly, he seriously kind of is. Yeah, he's admittedly bipolar, right? Yes. Uh-huh. He's talked about that openly. He's yeah. His, his meds aren't working, or he's off his meds, or something like that. Or that guy's going to show. He's going to be dead one of these days. That's what's going to happen with Kanye West. Or mm. Ye. I'm sorry. I hope not. He's changed his name to Ye. Um, we told you some surprising poll numbers. Some of the numbers behind the numbers that I just came across, we ought to hit on. Um, yeah, I have, I have the COVID. Um, I was the sickest I've ever been in my life outside of chemotherapy, which doesn't really count because that's, you purposely took drugs that made you feel horrible. Yeah. You ingested poison. Yeah. So that's not the same as being sick. I wasn't that sick from the cancer. I was that sick from the drug. In terms of just like a disease hitting me and me feeling sick, by far the sickest I've ever been was Friday through Saturday from the freaking COVID as a vaccinated person. Oh, and you know what else we need to get to? We've got to cram it in. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi, the leader of the anti-whiteness movement, the racist who teaches racism in all the schools, he got caught undermining his entire point oh, I want to hear on that. Twitter, and he quickly retracted the tweet. I want to hear that. Pretty That's funny. A, that is all on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Right east about uh, seven or eight miles an hour. Good visibility, mostly clear skies, 77 degrees. Thanks for coming out and flying the Southwest Airlines. Welcome aboard. Remember, let's go for it. Okay. So Holy that's, cow. That's <laughs> the audio of the pilot saying, let's go, Brandon. Is there better audio than that one, or is that the best one out there? Because I... If that you if you enhanced audio and I'm wearing headphones that cost more than your shoes and I can't understand it. <laughs> well, if I didn't know ahead of time he said let's go Brandon, I wouldn't have come with I wouldn't have come up with let's go Bray. I wouldn't have come up with anything. I don't think. <laughs> can I can I hear it one more time when I'm gonna listen extra super close? About east about uh, seven or eight miles an hour. Good visibility, mostly clear skies, seventy seven degrees. Thanks for coming out flying the Southwest Airlines. Welcome aboard. Oh, he mutters it at best. And, and I'm supposed to take from that, he is so radicalized, he might plow the plane into the ground. <laughs> well, who's the first person who said that was Let's Go Brandon? I don't know how you get that out of that at all. 
Maybe it sounded better on the plane. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it was clearer on the plane than that recording. That's possible. Although as a guy who's flown many, many, many miles, it generally isn't clearer than that on the plane. I come away from it generally wondering what the hell he just said. Now, we got somebody who was a pilot, a commercial pilot, who said all communications are all recorded all the time, which I suppose is true with the little black box and all that sort of stuff. So... If they are actually investigating it there at Southwest Airlines, they they have a good recording of of what was said. Um, but I would have thought they would have already released that if he didn't say, "Let's go, Brandon." Look, yeah. we listened to it. It's here's what it is. Yeah, oh, he said on. so. Sit back and relax. <laughs> yeah, sit back and relax. Right. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Braves. He needs Let's to break. be fired today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. So listen to this, would you? What do you want to do first? You got your thing? Go ahead. My thing won't take long. Well, uh, well, you go first then. All right. So author and activist Ibram X. Kendi. This is the guy who's getting granted millions of tens of millions of dollars from Elon Musk and Nike and whatever to teach his racism to school kids, the critical race theory social justice guy. He tweeted, I guess it was uh, over the weekend or at the end of the week, more than a third Okay, so he shared an article that revealed more than a third of white students lie about their race on college applications. Okay, so that's interesting. Substantial number of white kids lie about their race for some purpose. Then Kendi's comment, which he later deleted, was more than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications, and about half of these applicants lied about being Native Americans. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. Meaning, tell you what, if you're a minority, you get into college automatically. And then somebody pointed out, um, your whole thing is that systemic racism keeps people of color from getting anywhere. And he's like, wah! And he deleted it as fast as he could. That's a pretty good point. I had that had missed. Yeah, because I agree with the, uh, the the original statement, but he and I aren't on the same page. So, right, right. Uh, the Hill, which is no right wing publication, found that eighty one percent of students who faked minority status did so to improve their chances of getting accepted. Fifty percent of students who lied said they did it to get minority focused financial aid. Okay, so that's a pretty interesting conundrum we got going on in America, then. So if the vast majority of people lie to be a minority because it's so beneficial, how are you at the same time making the argument that it's such a disadvantage to be a minority? Could it be that these white students felt that as opposed to giving them an edge, their whiteness was a hindrance to acceptance? Of course it was. Of course it was. Yeah. We when when Little D was applying to colleges, we were told unofficially from people who knew Look, a reasonably affluent white girl applying to an out-of-state university. Eh, and white girl was unmistakably a part of it. So, sure. Yeah. Um, so I asked a question earlier. We got this problem going on all across the country. People that are refusing to get the vaccination and um, a lot of city workers, like in uh, New York today, because it's November 1st. This is happening lots of places, but in New York today. 22,000 city workers have now reached the deadline, and if they don't get the vaccination, they're not allowed to work. They're laid off. Um, so they're going to close down something like 12 fire departments, 12 firehouses, mm-hmm. one fire department, 12 firehouses. Um, that's, you know, that's a problem. So I just threw out there. So most of you that don't want to get vaccinated, 
who have the mandate. Is it because you don't like being told what to do by the government or because you're scared of the vaccination? Just my, my personal take on it from people I know is they don't like being told what to do. It's not the fear of the vaccine thing. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have deep conversations with people about this stuff. Anyway, we got a couple of texts on it that I thought were interesting. Good morning. I start my vax stay at home from the city of San Francisco today. I wrote a uh, uh, a letter, sincerely, my sincerely held religious beliefs is why I don't want to get the vaccine, and I'm terrified about the shot and upset about the control of San Francisco. So we'll see what happens with my job. Okay, so it's religious beliefs, and you're terrified of the shot. Okay. I'm not getting vaxxed because of fear of the long-term neurological effects it may have on me. Okay? Um, And then we got this one. No jab because of the truth about the reason why they're doing it to begin with. New World Order, Great Reset, World Economic Forum, all of that. So that's a global takeover of the something or other. Wow. Well, that's a lot of different arguments to address. So maybe I won't. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I guess the my little mini polling there is people have different reasons for why they don't want to get vaccinated. Yeah, wide variety of them. Well, I know cool. a lot of you saw it as a interesting that I did get vaccinated and got as sick as I did. So that was power to your no, no vax. Armstrong and Getty.